Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Chelsea, keeping you up to date on the latest news from Stamford Bridge. Match recaps, previews, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com. It's the London is Blue podcast. Here's your hosts, Brandon, Dan, and Nick. Welcome back, Chelsea fans. This is our part two of the Keep, Sell, Loan end of season podcast series that we like to do uh you know to wrap up a yet another season for chelsea if you missed part one you definitely want to go back and listen to that it was covering our goalkeepers and defenders again lots of uh controversy there cahill courtois specifically a couple of the guys that you know pretty divided if people want to keep or sell so stop this one head back go check that one out but joining me again are nick dan and mike the rest of the london is blue podcast crew gentlemen uh yeah i don't know nick are, are you feeling better or about the same for the attackers and mids i feel like there might be a lot of changes in this area of the pitch coming up this season uh, i think i think to uh to reflect a more attacking style there will need to be some uh some refreshing done here. I think we might have a little bit more controversy, Dan, than, than we might have in part one. 
No, 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 no. There's no controversy here. We're gonna keep all of them. Everything's amazing. It's it's wonderful. I love it. If if you don't feel obligated to listen to the rest of this episode, I don't know. I don't know what more we could have done. I mean, uh, less spoilers, maybe. But no, I, I only kid. Um, let's see, Dan. Instead of iTunes reviews for this episode, we do have a friendly suggestion of some exciting content we put together. Uh, that's right. You know, if you uh, don't know or weren't aware, you probably have heard it on this feed that uh, you know when we were over in uh, London in April, we had a chance to go to Cobham and we spent time with uh, Paula Ferreira, with you know Tori Andre Flo, with David Louise, and with William. Uh, one of those players who we'll talk about during this episode. Um, probably better we recorded that pod, you know, that content before we talked about him today. And anyway, um, you can watch those. Yes, actually watch us um, on YouTube. So go to YouTube, subscribe, and watch our content there. Throw a little like, thumb up on there. Um, and yeah, we're gonna work on uh, trying to do a little bit more video content. So uh, let us know what you thought about those. Yeah, and- I would I would call that out specifically. Like we want to get more into video. We would love for you guys to to help us grow. So tell your friends, um, everyone, just go and subscribe and and help us boost that content up. And then we also have our Patreon account as well that you can help and grow it. Uh, you guys have been fantastic on that. Those of you who have already donated. And uh, that's directly helped us to go to London and get some of these video, video interviews. So again, thank you guys so much. Uh, like I said, we just want to reinvest all of that into content uh, specifically. We all still have day jobs and sometimes second jobs. So <laughs> we're not quitting on this one. Uh, as always, before we jump into Fabregas, right off the bat, Nick, we do want to thank WorldSoccerShop.com. That is correct. Go to WorldSoccerShop.com. All um, the new Nike uh, kits on there uh, are, are ready to rock, so you can add customization or, or uh, get a little bit of a discounted shipping fee if you use our code LONDONPOD for 10% off. And, uh, and believe me, I think the... The new home kits are, are going to look better uh, than, than you think they might. Uh, they're not as dark a blue, and I think the red and white stripes are actually pretty decent. So uh, look out for that. Look out for the for the second or for the away kit and the third kit uh, that should be coming out this summer as well. All right, here we go. Right off the bat, starting with the midfielders, is one Sesc Fabregas. He is now 31 years old, uh, missed out on the World Cup. Really divisive this season, I'd say, Dan. You know, he's without a doubt our best passer, our most creative player. But as we've seen this season, the legs really aren't there to play in a two-man midfield. Uh, he can hold his own pretty well in a three-man, but maybe even not for 90 minutes now. So uh, let's go ahead and start the controversy with the poll results. Well, uh, 38% said keep. 59% said sell, and again, Nick continuing his trolling from the first episode, 3% said loan. So, yeah, uh, he probably should be sold, and we should try to find someone who will pay us a uh, wonderful sum of money to do so because his wages are exorbitant. And if you're going to be a bit player and a squad or rotational player, you probably should not be one of the highest earners in the club from a uh, wage standpoint. And that, that's all I feel like I have to say, Nick. I think it's uh, the end of a, the Fabregas era. There were a lot of highs in it. There were uh, some lows. But, uh, you know, most of all, I think he'll be remembered in a uh, pretty positive fashion. Yeah, I mean, I think he's been he's, – he's had a pretty great run uh, with Chelsea over the last four years. I mean, 
won a couple of league titles, uh, something he never did at Arsenal, obviously. Um, and then and then grabbed an FA Cup this year, grabbed a League Cup in, in 2014. And uh, I think I, I'm, I'm more torn on this than maybe you guys are, not because I value his athleticism, which is almost as good as mine, um, which isn't very good. Uh, but I, I really think that as a passer, we don't have anyone else in the squad who can do what he can do. Uh, and that, and that worries me, you know, if, if we, if we do sell him and I'm, I'm, I'm leaning in that direction, you know, who do we get from a creativity standpoint to replace him? And what does that person look like? I love Ruben Loftus-Cheek, but I, I don't think he has that, that skill set. So, um, that would be my only caveat to selling him is that we'd have to go pick up someone, uh, in, in that vein, uh, or, or with a, a more athletic skill set that can learn that that talent because it is so valuable and he's so lethal when he's on his game. Mike, this guy has 80 key passes and 84 chances created. Again, that's where I'm concerned. I mean, to me, if he goes, like the club have to specifically go after two players that are creative by nature to me because um, unless we're able to rely on a front two, front three, whatever that is, and our midfielders can literally just... Um, pass it to them and let them go with it. Uh, we're gonna lose a lot from uh, from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, I mean, so we're saying that Danny Drinkwater is not the answer to replacing Sesk. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert: We <laughs> haven't I'm, gotten I'm there sorry. yet. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, you know, I, I'm kind of looking back at Sesk, and like we said, um, incredible player. Uh, look at the silverware he's won for us, and I think that I would I would keep him. If we could say, if we could look at it as a 20, 30 minute, you know, super sub role, I think that's where he was used best and, you know, maybe renegotiate some wages. Um, but if we can't do that and he wants to keep playing somewhere else, then I would say sell. Um, so I would love to keep him, uh, but, you know, it doesn't make sense to pay him that kind of money. We could, we could throw that at other other talent yeah i think his wages is a really good shout mike especially as we look to rebalance the team a bit again i think him and cahill and or louise are three guys that i would like to stay on for one more year uh while we go through year transition right i just think the amount of experience uh that they have under their belts would really help as we look to retool this team into a younger more attacking uh flow and like you said as long as he's okay with um maybe a reduced role uh, you know, I, I think that we have a little bit of leverage. 31 years old, um, slowing down, missed the World Cup. Uh, you know, we're probably not going to get any big offers for him. So I think that that's probably uh, a, a split on the pod on on what his role is, and a lot of it depends on him. But clearly, we all agree that we need an upgrade in that position. Um, the next one, as Mike, you so eloquently tried to spoil, is one Danny Drinkwater, uh, the Leicester City hero. Uh, we you know brought him back, Mike, to partner Conte, say, hey, maybe we can kind of reinvigorate some of the magic they had at, at Leicester City, but it really didn't come off. Again, we bought him injured. He stayed injured. It's had one great goal that we can remember the season, but other than that, uh, the the Twitter poll does not uh, have any confusion on Danny Drinkwater's role. Yeah, we're looking at a fifteen percent keep, eighty one percent sell, and a four percent nick. So um, yeah, yep. I, it's I th- you know I, I had such high hopes for Danny, and um, it was just I think really a shame because I think it, had he given. Um, Sesk some some real competition I think we would have seen some differences in, in results and I, I think um, I think that decided 
fourth place and fifth place for us unfortunately yeah Yeah. no i mean obviously i've preached all season nick about uh, their lack of midfield solidity and unfortunately when he only plays 530 minutes in the premier league that's not a reliable person i yeah i mean this i don't don't really put this on danny uh i i think the, the club bought him um in in kind of a last second panic uh He's a guy who really performs best on the counterattack, not in possession. Uh, he looked really uncomfortable passing the ball in, in Antonio Conte's system this year. Uh, isn't really a goal threat. Uh, had had a couple of, of great opportunities and, and one wonder goal, but doesn't really provide that either. So I just think this was a really bad fit for him. And, you know, I think he would fit much better at a West Ham or, or that level of team in the Premier League. And, uh, I, I wish him the best, but it's certainly a, a role that uh, you would you would much rather have Ruben Loftus Cheek playing than Danny Drinkwater, and I think we can just all shake hands and move on. Yeah, it's the uh, the Jim Cramer like sell sell sell. Yep. Like we should just try to get some money back on this. It's a bad deal for him, bad deal for the club, and hopefully we can uh, not take a, a huge loss. You know, it's the uh, the car that you never should have bought and that you knew had poor mileage on it, and. Uh, wasn't going to get you from point A to B appropriately. So, yeah, let's get out of this money pit. All right. Maybe slightly offensive, but we'll roll with it. Uh, next one. <laughs> uh, again, a unanimous one with N'Golo Conte, the 27-year-old French wizard maestro twin. MVP. Seriously, MVP. if this isn't the most, MVP. like just obvious Twitter poll we've ever run, uh, Nick, I, I don't know what is. Uh, I love this man. He is tremendous. He's the best at what he does in the world. Uh, he is amazing likeable. when he rides a bicycle. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> just has the level of enjoyment. He looks of, so happy. He uh, looks so happy for just riding a bicycle. Something that we all take for granted. It looks like this is the first do. time he stayed on two wheels by himself. Like that's uh, how happy he I'm is. Doing it, the, the I'm doing it. The top comment on uh, the Chelsea Reddit for it was like, "It's not fair to have an engine on a motorcycle or on a bicycle." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so uh, unanimously, everyone on three. One, two, three. Keep. Keep. Yeah. Great. Unanimous. Shame on you, Dan, for even asking if we should sell him or loan him. It was a keep, keep, keep poll. I mean, I I had to see if Nick would troll it, and uh, it's the only one he couldn't troll. So congratulations, Nick. I, I love this man. Yeah, there's no no sense in even talking about anything other than uh, extending his contract for another six years. Uh, next one <laughs> up, Ross Barkley, 24, 24 years old, still uh, you know on the the upside, a lot closer on this poll. Dan, again, I just go back to uh, was this the right fit or is this going to be a long term signing? Thankfully, he is twenty four. A lot of people said we're going to buy him and we're going to flip him just like a house. Uh, property value is going to shoot up and we're going to make 10, 15 million clean and done. Yeah. Unfortunately we are not uh, property brothers. Like this is not, uh, <laughs> this is not what we kind of do sometimes, but uh, yeah, 65% said that we should keep him. 22% said we should sell him. And then 13% said we should loan him. And I actually think this is an interesting case for a, a loan potentially. And it, it really depends upon you know, if we're going to have three midfielders, you know, is there going to be enough kind of time and duration? 
And if you did want to see someone um, like a Mason Mount, you know, even though it seems like there are some Bundesliga Bundesliga clubs sniffing around, seeing if they can get him on a one or two year arrangement, um, you might be able to free up some opportunity for that if he were to go on loan and get a chance to uh, rehab and play in a team where the expectation bar is going to be a little bit lower, which I think would do a lot for his uh, his self-confidence, Mike, because I, I think uh, jumping back into the first team, uh, there's going to be a pretty high expectation. Uh, and as we saw with Bakayoko this season, like if he hasn't cut it right away, um, we're just going to not see him for a while. And if we're talking about wanting to make a profit on the purchase of Ross Barkley, then we probably should uh, put him in the shop window, so to speak. Yeah, I, I really had high hopes for Ross, um, and I still um, I still think we have. I, th- I think he's got. I think we could make something of him. Um, I think he adds something to what we don't have right now. Um, I think the biggest question is, you know, would we rather see uh, RLC on the squad than Ross? And I, I think it's. Um, I think at this point, I would rather default to Ruben having a chance. Um, you know, with a club, so. I, I think a loan would be great. I would love to see a loan, let him develop, you know, and uh, maybe bring him back in a year or two. And that's crazy. Yeah, I'm, uh, Go ahead, Nick. I'm on that, too. I'm on that, too. I, I, I don't think that him being a, a second-choice option at Chelsea next year is going to help him grow. I think he needs to go play somewhere. Uh, and, and hopefully, you know, that he, he rediscovers some of the magic. I mean, he has an incredible shot from distance, and I hope that he – uh, kind of gets that confidence back. That's that's the only thing I worry about for a young player who has gone through some injuries. Brandon is is just getting that confidence, making sure that he knows he can still do it. Because when he's on his game, I mean, he is valuable. Um, that is a hundred percent true. Yeah, if he comes back healthy, remember, like he is a highly experienced twenty four year old. At, at, I mean, at yeah. Everton, without a doubt. So to me. Uh, you know, let's say we go to a four-three-three or some kind of three-man midfield rotation. Uh, I still think he can provide a lot, especially as we're talking about Fabregas leaving potentially. Barkley is our most creative player that we have left, in, in, in my opinion, that from an actual central midfielder position. I think that Ruben is very good box to box. I don't see Ruben playing as many key passes as like a Barkley or like his ability to beat people one on one. I think that I, I would really like to see him stay at the club. And like you guys said, whether it's a loan, I think that that's going to be pretty sensitive because he is an established, he's been on the England squad. Uh, he's got so many games at a young age with Everton and success. I just think that if we can't get him healthy and integrate in the first team, then I just don't think it's it's a right fit for us at this point. I, I, I would be surprised if he would be open for a loan move to potentially come back. Brandon, I think you need to clip the part out where you mentioned that like he's our most creative option to Fabregas leaves because that right there I think under underlines the issue with like the standard of midfield players we have sure. right now, and I think it's it's why getting him into a position to be a regular starter and contribute, which I, I think if we're going to invest in a couple places in this squad this season, it's going to be from an attacker and midfield standpoint. Oh yeah, I, I still I don't I don't see the road in for him right now to be a starter for Chelsea or to be what the standard of a starter for Chelsea should be. Like, I I think he will always be confined to being a squad player. And I I just, I don't know if he'll get the minutes he needs next season to progress in that scenario. So no, I think that's a really uh, good call. I I still, still would fight for a loan for him. Yeah. All right. I mean, look, like you said, that makes sense. I think that, um, you know, 
but we have massive amounts of of change of upgrades that need to happen in the midfield one uh the next one i think is a little interesting nick it depends if you would ask someone even two months ago six months ago uh what they would have done with this player the i think this vote would have been wildly different timu bakayoko <laughs> right uh 23 year old french uh guy coming over from monaco we thought he and Conte perfect pair they can run for days box-to-box midfielder uh started well even though you know he had a bit of a knee injury at the beginning had some really good showings at the beginning of the season some big games and then went silent for about five months yeah so the percentages here are 76 percent keep 16 percent sell and eight percent loan and i think at different points of the season you could have seen this going different ways right Uh, Beginning of the season, I think everyone was enamored with his physicality. Uh, Middle of the season, uh, I think a lot of people were on the sell or loan side because he lost so much confidence. I mean, as a player, probably lost the most confidence on a a team that lost confidence. Uh, Just was a shell of the player that we saw at Monaco. And it was a bummer um, because he possesses a ton of talent and is so instrumental in, in the way that Antonio Conte wanted to play football at Chelsea, um, that you have you have a really physical midfield who's not going to be overrun. So a guy who I think has a bright future still needs to be uh, given the confidence to move forward in his career and needs to take the time this offseason, uh, Dan, to work on uh, positioning and and um, kind of the, the placement where he is on the field and kind of knowing where his outlets are. I think that's where he really, really struggled this year was, was his passing game. Well, you got to remember too. So he comes in injured, you know, the first opportunity we get to see him really play and perform. He's still playing at less than a hundred percent when he, you know, put in a pretty heroic performance against Spurs. I think it really shot up our, our expectation level. And, you know, then the form really wasn't stable, you know, kind of playing back through that injury you know, goes basically into cold storage for a while. I think one of the things that we can give, you know, Antonio Conte credit for this season would actually, I think, manage Bakayoko pretty well, gave him enough time on ice to then bring him out and make sure he was healthy, he was ready to go, that he was specifically drilled to do a couple of jobs the right way. And, you know, that's why I think the we had run this poll at the beginning of the season i feel like it would have been inverted it would have been the 76 percent would have been saying sell him and then 16 percent or less would have said uh keep him uh i think he has an opportunity to grow and i think you know you you want to see you know uh, powerful and you know ball controlling you know midfielders he's doing a really good job those last couple games of holding up the ball mic and I, i think has plenty to offer in a midfield three and i would be very excited to see how he could be uh could be utilized yeah and i mean if you you look overall his past completion is pretty much on par with what he was doing at Monaco and and with how bad he was early in the season um those you know the later half he really you know he got the ball he distributed immediately and I think it took so much pressure uh I think players were less likely to you know to to press him uh once he was just releasing it and and making good passes um I do think that we definitely need to keep him um and and as far as you know you know Conte's management I think that it was a situation of you know, he he forced him to play when he was hurt, and it broke him. And then he did a decent job of resting him back up and building him back up. But I think I would hope, from an overall perspective of management and club, that you know 
if we're going to buy a player who's been injured that we can have at least adequate backup to allow them to recover before we force them into action. I think it's, um, I'm glad he pulled it out because I think it would have been a really uh, tough situation to sell him after a single season, especially with his potential. Yeah, glad to see him bounce back for sure. Uh, a marauding center mid is something that all Chelsea fans love and adore. So hopefully we can, you know, get him in, in places that he doesn't have to be as technical and let him uh, run. It'd be kind of crazy. Can you imagine Ruben and, and Bakioka on either side of Conte? Just huge units running at, at midfields. I mean, the, ooh, that that could be a fun fun setup next season if we can we can get that going. So again, uh, you know, very unanimously to to keep Bakayoko basically off the potential we still feel um, that that he can provide for the team. So next one up, uh, Ethan Ampadu, the shin breaker, as we so lovingly uh, adore him for seventeen year old, just crazy uh, how strong this kid is uh, when he plays. So it's interesting, right, Dan? Um, came from Exeter. The uh, the tribunal just decided that he's only going to cost Chelsea a few million to sign, which is amazing. Steal. We we stole him from Exeter. Like That's what we did. Um, 80% said keep, 1% said sell, and then 19% said loan. Uh, I think he's actually a great candidate for for keeping, and you know you saw the, some of the ways that you know in, in a couple of the games this season where he was assertive, he was dominant, he was uh, not confined to a single position. He played in the, uh, the center back role. He played in, in a midfield capacity. Uh, very very talented, and uh, I think would be you know really really hard pressed to. I don't know. Like we, we just we struggle some uh, sometimes on getting these loan deals right, uh, and and maybe he could get Roy uh, to with Crystal Palace again to take on a midfielder loan and, and work some magic. I just I feel like he's got the stuff. He's got the charisma. He's got the willingness to to fight and battle in the way that some players did not this season. And, um, you know, we're going to have Thursday night football, Nick. So I think he's primed to get minutes this season and uh, could very quickly become uh, a a prime uh, youth player for Chelsea. Totally agree. Uh, I I genuinely think that he will see a lot of his time uh, if he is kept um, on the on the Thursday night path. Um, So I, I love this. I love this young man. I think that he has all the potential in the world. Uh, the thing that I love about him most, Mike, is that he has zero fear. Um, there is no fear that he is going to screw anything up. Uh, he came in, uh, and I think everybody in his first couple of matches looked at him and was like, holy hell, this this kid doesn't have any. He, he has zero fear. He he wants to go and prove himself. Uh, and not he's not worried about making a mistake. He's worried about making a play. And I, I cannot emphasize how amazing that is. He has the right mentality. I would keep him, uh, play him when you can, but just let him get the experience of being a part of, of, uh, of a winning squad and get that mentality right, Mike. Yeah, you got. I got to agree. He he was not an absolute joy to watch, and I think, um, like you said, some of these situations. I think with the loans between, either not getting enough time to develop or getting a taste or kind of being tempted away from the club. I think you keep him close. I think you work a specific plan into what games he's going to play, and you just you groom him so that he's playing for us or you know in the next couple years. It it'll be interesting where he plays. 
So I think we have enough depth uh, defensively. And if we go from a three back to a two back, potentially, there's even less opportunity. So then you move into the midfield, assuming there's three center mids, is he going to get more time? I think that's what Chelsea really have to look at. He was, he has shown a lot of potential very quickly in the season. I mean, Conte said that he earned his uh, his place training with the first team, and then even making the bench, and then getting time. I think we just have to figure out if he can get enough minutes, whether it's Thursday, cups, whatever or if he should go on loan to a Premier League team. I think that, that as always with these young and up and coming players, is there going to be enough of an opportunity? But thankfully, unanimously, we all love Ampadu. Uh, we all hope that he recovers fully from his ankle injury uh, and that he is able to come back and get time, whether it be at Chelsea or on loan. So again, unanimous the, the, keep. The, the only last point I would make on Ampadu um, would be that I don't think he needs to be loaned to a Premier League team if he is loaned. I think a lot of times when you're loaned to a Premier League team, it's because you need time or you need the you know the physicality you know to build up in your system. He already has that, <laughs> so True. I would maybe like him to see like to see him go to like a German or a Spanish team uh, just to make sure that his passing is is 100. You know, yeah. that would be the only thing that I would really worry about. Uh, otherwise, keep him on the squad uh, and, and roll with it. No, that's a great shout. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. All right, guys, getting a little too comfortable lately, uh, keeping all these players. Roses are red. It's, it's, it's just time to get a little uncomfortable. Alvaro Morata, 25-year-old Spanish striker signed from Real Madrid. Uh, massive amounts of potential. You know, we said we dodged the Lukaku bullet of 80-plus million for a top striker. Um, what I think has been interesting about him is, you know, is he going to stay or not? A lot of discussion with the transfer rumors already about him going back to Italy. Saw a picture of him and his agent slash lawyer with one of the Juventus executives recently. But, you know, look, he's shopping in Turin, soon to be father. He's got to get the dad clothes ready. Uh, we'll kind of see how this goes with him. But Nick, um, the big question mark coming into the season is he hasn't been the man for an entire season. Yeah, I think this is a massive, massive offseason, uh, regardless of what happens to Murata. I think that he is at the point in his career now at 25, not going to this World Cup, uh, that he he kind of has to capitalize on, on who he wants to be. Um, you know, I think that as a as a, uh, a substitute at Real Madrid, he was able to put up crazy numbers and look really, really good playing around all that talent. Um, and he's he's certainly won a ton in his career, so uh, all the more power to him in that regard. But uh, as a striker in the Premier League, he clearly has some stuff in his game that he needs to figure out. And for as hot as he started uh, with Chelsea... He cooled off uh, even more in the middle of the season. So uh, he is a guy who, uh, you know, if, if our Twitter poll has has anything to do with this, 51% keep, 45% sell, 4% loan. He's a guy who, who inspires a lot of controversy. I personally would keep him. Uh, I think that uh, not not because he's the only like I think we need to go get another striker a top level striker regardless and and make him compete uh, with Olivier Giroud as well but I, I think he's a guy that does have a ton of talent uh, who does need 
help uh, around him to make sure that he's kind of in the right system and, and playing the, you know, with the right movement. But he's a guy that when he's on can be extremely lethal. Uh, and, and I would hope, uh, I would desperately hope that he can get it right. Um, but if not, you know, best of luck to him wherever he goes, Mike. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think um, no matter what we do, I think it would be nice to see three um, great strikers with the club. I think so often we've been playing with two or a, a mild backup. Um, I think, you know, he, he's admitted with the back injury that he shouldn't have played through it. I think, I think because we were in the slump that we were at times, we had players pushing through uh, when they shouldn't have. Uh, and I think there's just so much talent. And I, I think this is almost uh, on par with Tebow. It's going to be really difficult to replace him. Uh, and I think that if we're also looking at drawing top players to our club, we cannot just be going through people with you know one season at a time and tossing them out. Um, I really hope that he pulls it around. Uh, and he really needs to be working on some strength training this summer. Um, so, uh, what I would say is, so I, I think we should sell him, um, to be Ooh. a little bit of a contrarian here. Uh, I think what would happen though, is, uh, similar to the way that Douglas Costa made his way to Juventus or James Rodriguez made his way to Byron. I think it's going to be one of those more intricate loan with force option to buy after so many appearances, uh, in order to, uh, offset or help a team acquire him because obviously he was a, a very big money signing. Uh, I just think when you look at uh, shot accuracy down this season, goal score down this season, um, total shots up and, uh, you know, kind of poor pass completion. Um, I, I just, I, I really kind of feel like he is not equipped to be our primary striker and that's too much money to spend and on someone who isn't going to be scoring you you know 20 plus goals a season every season and you know uh obviously there's a lot of pie in the sky rumors with Lewandowski or with Icardi out there and there are a couple of you know individuals we could go after uh and and the people say like oh why would you want to sign someone who's 29 years old from byron uh dude has not contributed to less than like 30 goals in a season in the past like five or six seasons and uh yeah that that's you know kind of the type of player you want up front in the uh the premier league because uh you go up against physical center backs and you know he has proven even coming back at the end of the season that uh, he still has an opportunity with that. And I don't think the strength training is going to go far as a, an attitude <laughs> shift. You know, it, record signing, right? Like that's a, that's a tough title to take on this season. You know, he had his back injury, which, you know, he said he really suffered. So I think that I give him uh, um, some room to grow in the sense that, he wasn't fit the entire season. Like, I can empathize with that. I can understand that. If he had been healthy all season, you know, banged in six, seven goals right away and then didn't score for three, four months, that's an issue, right? He did miss some sitters this season. I mean, geez, someone even put a compilation together on YouTube of all the sitters he's missed. Brutal. Um, but at the same time, record signing, striker, replacing Diego Costa, you need them to do that so I think that Chelsea are blessed to be in a position 
of being able to go get a 20 plus goal striker a season and we need that so uh, again i think Murata can stay um but i wouldn't as a club again if i'm playing board of directors here i wouldn't put all of my my eggs in that basket saying you know what he'll come good in season two i think you want to go get someone to directly compete with him uh and, and make sure that in case you know plan a doesn't work with Morata, you have a very good plan B, which is kind of what Mike was talking about. We Chelsea don't always have that, um, which I think will be interesting. So again, very close on the split for keep sell Morata. It'll be interesting to see what happens this summer. I mean, maybe he's the one who pushes through the sell um, himself. So we'll have to wait and see. 27-year-old Belgian wizard, Eden Hazard, um, also getting close to his contract, getting into very nervy times. He has recently come out and uh, publicly told the club that his future can be decided. It, it just depends on who the club sign to support him. I think that it's it's very obvious everyone wants to keep him. Dan, you'll probably come back in and remind us, you know, it's, it's about the contract and his value as well, right? We had Dan Levine early in the season say, you know, we essentially even being within two years of his contract ending, we've lost a ton of leverage with Eden Hazard. So, I mean, obviously the Twitter poll is lopsided. Run us through that and, and what you think we should do with Eden Hazard. Yeah, 96% keep, 4% sell. Um, we should buy every Hazard uh, currently on the planet. Uh, his parents should be signed to uh, whatever jobs we can find them at Cobham. Uh, Thorgan should be brought back in. Uh, his child should be signed to a youth contract. Uh, whatever we need to do to keep Eden Hazard at the club, uh, he, he is the differentiating factor. Uh, you know, you watch what happened when uh, Salah left that Liverpool game, and uh, that's essentially what we become come without a top caliber player on our side and i think if you feel like we should sell n hazard um you should be checked in to an institution for a couple days for a mandatory evaluation period do it nick do it <sighs> i'm not i'm not gonna sell him but i also don't think that the people who want to sell him are as crazy as dan uh says they are so i can understand like i I hate being held hostage as a club by Courtois and Hazard uh, because I think that's essentially what's happening. Uh, he's a fantastic player. He is a differentiator. He is uh, easily one of the top three players in the Premier League. Uh, he does, you know, I think we have to be honest with ourselves about this. He does have uh, seasons where he's on top of his game and looks unstoppable. And then he has, uh, you know, stretches where he goes noticeably absent you know january through april this year this was not the guy who, who sparkled all over the pitch um against manchester united in the final uh, he wasn't taking people on he wasn't shooting uh, he's a guy who has all the potential to enter that uh, ronaldo messi class and you know generally i want to keep him but if he is going to hold chelsea hostage I have a problem with that and I don't you know I think we all have to come into this knowing that the uh, the club is bigger than the player even though we love this player we want him to stay he's a wizard he's fantastic uh, I, I generally uh, I hate I hate being held hostage in this regard so I want to keep him and let's just hope that the the contract stuff works out and that we're able to meet his and our desire to recruit top-level talent Mike 
Yeah, I, I think we, <clears throat> for me, we, we have to keep him. And as far as the, you know, Ronaldo, Messi talent or comment, I mean, look at who those guys have around them. Uh, we would all be hell of soccer players if, if, you know, if we were on those squads because you have so many people around you. And I, I think the problem with Hazard is that I don't think he's necessarily meant to carry a team the entire time. I think he needs to have some world-class talent around him. And I think that's when we'll really see him flourish um, I don't, I agree. I don't like to see, you know, I feel like we've been talking about contracts forever now and now there's the world cup and, uh, I want to get it resolved, but of the two Belgians or three Belgians or four Belgians that we have, you know, if you include Masanda, he's the player that I want us to keep. If we could only have one, I think, you know, he's the face of the club and I think we need to do everything we can possibly to keep him, uh, for the next, you know, two, three, four years, whatever it is. <laughs> If the club's new uh, saying is thrilling since 1905, or if that's the slogan, you need to have a thrilling player. He is the thrilling player on the squad. And, you know, I think the club need to, to resolve this sooner rather than later, Brandon. Yeah, look, it, it's kind of a situation the club have to decide. Uh, you can cash in on him and reinvest in a lot of different players and kind of, you know, bring in... Um, so, you know, some, some world-class players and some up-and-coming, you know, kind of high-potential players. But that's a huge project. That's also a huge gamble in, in that sense. I think that, again, we talked to you. You know you have a really world-class player here, a game-changer. Uh, Paul Scholes even completely shitting on Manchester United and Paul Pogba, saying that uh, Hazard wins games, Pogba doesn't. And I think that that's something to, to remind ourselves and take into consideration you know, it's kind of I am I'm really conflicted, Nick, when you talk about holding the club for hostage, right? Because um, if if they win and we get amazing players around them, we all win, right? Like then, great. That's that's an awesome thing. Where it gets really dirty and concerning is if it it doesn't happen to their standards, hypothetically, and they run out their contracts and walk away. Then it's gonna end in a not great situation so i think that's kind of the 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 two sides of that situation is is one that's an amazing outcome and one that really is going to to put fans uh probably in a position of turning on on two amazing players that chelsea thankfully have had in their team so again we want to keep hazard and we want to keep a happy hazard with with other great players around him and i think that that's hopefully something the club can do this summer one of those. It's going to be much, much cheaper to keep Eden Hazard and Thibaut Courtois and add uh, similar or near talent level players than it is to be to sell Eden Hazard and Thibaut Courtois and replace them and other players around them. Like just from a, a money standpoint, like it's a very simple mathematical equation. Yeah, no, we, we don't want to be like Tottenham. I mean, what, what happened to the bail money, right? Well, and look, I, 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 I totally agree. Everyone is in agreement that we keep him. This is just a tricky situation because uh, Courtois, Courtois' contract is up first. Eden's is up in 2020, I believe. The, the club will have to kind of have a, a do-not-pass-go date uh, for decision-making because we're not going to let these players go for nothing, right? And I think, like... At some point, whether it's in August or if it's in you know later on in the season, they're going to have to make a decision on Eden Hazard. If he's reluctant to sign a contract or if he doesn't feel 
like this club is going in the right direction per his his vision, then you're going to have to sell him and get something for him. You know, you, you can't just let them both wind down their contracts and go on freeze. You're right. That's exactly the same conversation we had um, with Courtois, and it's it's spot on. Like that's the situation we're in. As a you know, as as fake board here is, there will be a doomsday clock ticking down to when we have to to move them on if that happens. So uh, another one that I think might be kind of interesting as we talk about world class players around Hazard not taking any shots at all at this player, uh, Pedro, thirty year old literally won the lot internationally domestically uh you know for his national team it is it is amazing what he's won came to chelsea very up and down uh mike the polls well they speak pretty clearly on on how they want so run us through it and then let us know what you would do with pedro you know right now we're at a 17 percent keep 81 percent sell and two percent loan and I think if you're looking at the squad, this is this is definitely a position where we need to improve on. And I love Pedro. And, you know, if he had a year like he did last year, we wouldn't be talking about this. But I think at 31, um, we got to sell. You know, what do you think, Nick? Sell. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's provided a spark over the last couple of years and certainly had a great year last year, scored some really important goals. Uh, didn't have a great year this year. I think we can just call a spade a spade in that regard. So uh, I'd sell him. Uh, thank him for his service. And, uh, and yeah, Dan, I mean, I think that's all that really needs to be said for this. Yeah, um, he could get one last big payday, uh, potentially from China, and, uh, you know, set his family up. And, you know, then we can kind of look to put someone in like a Callum Hudson-Odoi or, a, you know, Leon Bailey. Uh, I mean, there, there's definitely some talent that we're, we're sniffing around or that we have currently that can, uh, you know, fill back into his place. So uh, opportunity to thank him for his service and uh, transition on to the next generation. Yeah, he needs to hit up Iniesta and, uh, you know, catch a flight to Japan. Ooh, that's a good call too. So Pedro only had 391 minutes in the Premier League. Danny Drinkwater had 530 Pedro played seven, Drinkwater played 12. I think that's just kind of wow, where we're that's at. That's crazy. Right? Wow. Pedro barely played this season. And and that's not because we only played a 3-5-2, right? Like we very multiple, you know, often played a 3-4-3. He just was not used at all this season. And again, whether it's a Conte thing or that's a performance thing, um, you know, you, he that's just, I think that shows enough, right? As we're talking about a lot of these fringe players these squad players not to reduce pedro and his career at all i mean he gave us some amazing goals over his career uh played a ton when we went to the 343 last season and was instrumental in that uh, but you know just it's it's the time has kind of come to to revamp the squad look for younger more high potential guys you know and also whatever the formation might be uh, and kind of move from there even though he is an amazing wide attacker or even playing in underneath the striker, I just I think that it's it's a opportunity there that we can kind of capitalize on. Especially who knows what his wages are coming from Barcelona and and winning everything he had. I think that uh, we all agree that that is an opportunity to improve on. Next one, Olivier Giroud, easily the winter summer or transfer signing of that window. Thirty-one year old, beautiful Frenchman, uh, Dan. I know that you. 
like to wax poetic about his meaty forehead, but I actually think we'll pass this one to Nick is the beard gang should trump that beard on this gang. one. Ooh, Ooh. man. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, real controversy here on the pod. Uh, <laughs> I'm stirring everything I can. Yeah, uh, no, I Olivier, uh, I, I think has a a year left on his contract. I would like him to uh, see that out, and then uh, and then you know hopefully we have our uh, club strategy and philosophy in place to to bring in a younger striker. Uh, he performed admirably uh, in the second half of the season. Uh, certainly provided the passion and the enthusiasm that I think we were all looking for um, and that Murata was not providing. So I think just on that alone, he's a fan favorite. Um, he scored a couple of very, very important goals as well and uh, seemed like the uh, the no-brainer option uh, to start uh, in, in, in big matches. I mean, he started away at the New Camp. He started the FA Cup final and the semifinal uh, he's a guy who uh, just started to get down some some passing rhythm with Hazard, and I think could could benefit from an off season of working with Hazard on on where positionally he wants to be. But good in the air, strong, uh, able to hold the ball up. Nothing more that needs to be said. We're going to keep him and uh, and move forward with him, and hopefully. Dan, we have him as a, a third striker option because we've recruited someone like Lewandowski. Yeah, I mean, again, you want to have uh, leaders in the club. Uh, he brings a leadership aspect to it. You know, was was partially responsible for our, our FA Cup uh, victory, and uh, you know, ultimately, you know, he's uh, he he should get uh, time to uh, you know be kind of a, a veteran striker in the club. Knows the Premier League well, can can hold up the ball well, which would be great in a front three. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't see any reason to uh, do anything other than keep the uh, meaty French forehead on our team, Mike. Yeah, I, I definitely look forward to seeing him play on Thursdays um, and, you know, where else <laughs> where else we need him. Uh, but I He's mean, actually quite used to it, yeah. you know, so uh, that's something to consider. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, that and lifting FA Cups. Um, but, yeah, as a, a fellow man with a, a luxurious beard, I, I love the guy. He's great, and there's not much to say other than keep, keep, keep. I'm looking forward to next year. All right. Well, while this one usually wouldn't be that controversial, I feel like his recent actions have made it pretty interesting with William, the 29-year-old Brazilian um, player of the season. He's been uh, goal of the season involved in. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Dan, when it comes to William, that that last social media post he put on Instagram, it is just probably as a club made you consider what you want to do with him as a player. Uh, But the fans, again, about as tight as can be on if they want to keep him. Yeah, I did keep the same format for the poll, and I'm realizing that I made a pretty significant blunder by not using the money bag emoji for sell. And uh, <laughs> uh, so that was my bad. Uh, I should have done that. Uh, 51% keep, 48% sell, 1% loan. Again, Nick God. just coming in with the, uh, the the oddball on here. I, I just um, think he needs experience. You know? <laughs> hasn't played enough serious minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I mean, look, you know, th- this season uh, he played uh, the second uh, lowest minute total uh, of his past four seasons for Chelsea, uh, really a victim of the system that Antonio Conte plays. Uh, 
apparently getting his head turned by going back to play with Mourinho and play at Manchester United. And if we can get anything out of that deal from a fair compensation standpoint, potentially even get uh, Martial coming back with uh, maybe giving them a little bit of money, uh, I think that is a slam dunk. I mean, he's going to be 30 at the start of the next season or right into the start of the next season. Um, you know, he's really going to be on his last contract. And uh, yeah, I, I think, again, attack was where we really suffered this season. And, you know, you look at Manchester City and what they had was multiple players in double digits from a goal perspective. And, you know, William has really struggled to get anywhere near double digits in all competitions uh, and really has never actually gotten... Um, into double digits in just a Premier League season. So this is an opportunity to upgrade. And if we want attacking powerful football, I think you you have to, again, be kind of cold and calculated and think that there's going to be no better time to sell if there's an interest or buyer, uh, a buyer interested. And if we can get something back that's going to be a a valuable asset for a longer period of time, then uh, Nick, I think you got to go with it. I am so torn on this, man. Like this, this one, especially after interviewing him, you you get the warm fuzzies for a guy who, when we interviewed him, was really jovial and funny, and I think uh, still has a lot in the tank. Um, Did you so see he posted a, a photo of us interviewing him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you were just covered up in trophy emojis. <laughs> yeah, I, well, that makes sense. I. Um, I, I wasn't liked as much as you two were. Uh, no, I, I, look, here, here are my two trains of thought on this. One, I, I think a potential transfer where we get Martial back is a slam dunk, like Dan said. Um, you know, I think in terms of his value, now is the time if you were going to do it. The other part of me, though, and, and I'm, I'm foreshadowing a bit on, on the manager side of things, but I think he would be electric in terms of sorry ball, you know, if, if Maurizio Sarri was was the manager who was going to be appointed. I think that watching Napoli play this year and imagining Willian uh, as part of that front three is just so tasty uh, to think about. And I know it's not a long-term solution, um, potentially with, with Sarri only getting a two-year contract, but holy hell, man, that could be – it could be something special with the way that he likes to – uh, Maurizio, sorry, likes to press. So uh, I, I am leaning towards selling, but not, but not by a ton, Mike. I, I am very, very torn. Yeah, I, I think I kind of, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I have a bad taste in my mouth about selling to United and how that impacted our team this season. Uh, and while I can understand trying to upgrade the position, I don't like seeing him go to United or Mourinho. Um and I, I think there's, there's a couple things too where you look at yeah he's didn't score great goals but I mean look at look at a where where he was with assists you know he added five more assists over last season you know almost twenty percent better shot accuracy he's improving his game in certain aspects and I think that um, maybe you know like we we're discussing with Asari maybe a few tweaks here or there formationally um, you know you're looking at a different player I think I think he's stepping into his own and I think that I think he had a tough year I think there was some BS that went down with you know whether how it you know how the Brazilians were treated um, but I think he saw a lot of his friends having issues with management and I think he got he got the raw end of the deal when it came to the FA Cup and some other things so I, I want to keep him um, Brandon what do you think 
I don't know. I guess, Nick, did you want to jump in on that? I'm kind of interested to hear if you want to elaborate on that, really. Uh, look. I think I think that's the that's the forty nine percent of me. What what Mike just said, like the selling to United could not be a more valid point. <laughs> like honest to God, I, I I think that no matter what, it's just it's hard to strengthen a rival. So you know, I think Mike, you you make a tremendous point there. Uh, I do think he's improving his game slightly year over year. Uh, I think to Dan's point though, his finishing is never going to be at uh, at like. The, the level that we'd probably need it to be uh, if, if he's going to be con- considered a, a forward and not a winger, you know, because uh, using Sarri's system, he would definitely be considered a forward and be expected to uh, to chip in with goals and be in the right position. I You know, he does have the tendency to carry the ball a lot, so I'm not 100% sure that he would be able to chip in those goals. I'm, I'm just kind of thinking that with the, with the way that Napoli moved the ball this year, if that were to be any sort of transitioned into Chelsea with with Maurizio sorry that he could be pretty lethal but I'm I'm very very torn on this one guys like of all the players that we've talked about this is the one that stumps me the most I think I would like to go on record saying I would do a hard keep on William uh, he's really good for a lot of things uh, I know he's going to be 30 uh, as we kind of look at our attack you know William will be 30 Pedro will be over 30 Giroud will be over 30 Fabregas will be over 30 we want a younger attack, I feel like, because pace is just um, highly valuable in that position. So I still think that we want to keep William because of the things that he does provide. Um, yes, ups and downs. Literally won us the Barcelona match. Um, you know, had goal of the season. We've seen some of that, that intricate small passing. So, again, I don't think it's an easy decision. I would like to see a William and Martial be on the team, but I do know that there are constraints. And, and like you said, if you do get a, a good, right, a, a good offer from someone for a William, I also understand the difficulty as a board to, to turn that down for someone who's approaching 30 before the beginning of next season. So um, that's kind of how I would uh, approach this one with William. But um, I, I would be very sad but very understood if if we got good money for him, um, then it's just on the board to reinvest it properly. And since that's me right now, we would, I promise. <laughs> All right. Ch- Chairman Busby. <laughs> Here we go. All right, last one we do he, have... Him and Balak actually went in for interviews this la- last week together. <laughs> so I'm interested to see how that turns out. Quiet. We, we want to keep that on the DL. <laughs> All right. Well, the last one we do have is Mishi Batshuayi. And, and, and while he's not technically... He went on loan, yada, yada. But we want to bring him into the fold. Uh, he started the season with us. Uh, unfortunately ended his time at Dortmund with an ankle injury, uh, but he had a really good mark there. So, Mike, when it comes to Mishi, you, you know the struggles he had under Conte. We've seen the successes that he's had at Dortmund. Um, you know, semi-briefly, where are you at from a keep-so loan of Mishi since we literally just decided to add him and we didn't do a Twitter poll? I mean, I, we have to keep him. To sell another young, talented Belgian, I, it just makes me want to tear my hair out. And while I don't think that some of his form uh, at Dortmund was as impressive as people thought it was. I, I can't see the club letting him go. You have to, you know, I think we have to find a good loan or just to bring him back into the fold. I, you know, we're, we're looking at financing the stadium and everything else. And um, 
I think he's a young, talented player. And if we like Lukaku this one up, it's just not going to be, it's not going to be great. And uh, I just can't see us <laughs> selling him. Is Lukaku uh, a synonym for um, for fuck in this one? Because um, that would make sense. I, I would loan him uh, back to Dortmund for a full season if, if they'll have that uh, as an option. I think that he really got into some good form. I The only thing that worries me about bringing him back next year is that we're going to go under another managerial transition, most likely. It's not 100% done, but I think we all see where the trend line is there. And, uh, and it, you know, I think that's just a lot for him. He knows the system at Dortmund now. He's really enjoyed his time there. Uh, I would like to see him go on loan. The only caveat here, Dan, is if uh, for some magical reason that uh, Christian Pulisic or another one of their uh, talented attackers would be coming our way in some sort of sale, then I would consider that as well. But uh, I think that's a long shot at best. Yeah, I mean, I think that that would be the interesting scenario is if there was some, uh, again, I think the the new trend is going to continue to be these loans with forced obligations to buy to allow clubs to uh, spread the payments around appropriately, stay within their uh, financial fair play regulations. Uh, it would be really, really cool to get Pulisic uh, on our team. I just don't think that they're going to want to uh, separate from him to get Mishi and... Yeah, I mean, he has to be happy to be here, though. And for someone who played under, you know, the same amount of minutes on a loan in Dortmund where he got injured that he did in the last two seasons in the Premier League for Chelsea, I think really tells you all you need to know about his experience here. Um, if he doesn't want to be here, I think we should sell him. Uh, and if he thinks that he's going to get a chance, I, I think we should keep him. I, I think uh, this one I'm, I'm probably the most torn on because I think he has the potential to contribute in a high capacity. I just worry that maybe there's, uh, you know, the way that he's been brought in and accepted by Dortmund uh, means that he might want to stay there. So and if that's the case, then uh, I think it would be a scenario of trying to get the maximum out of Dortmund to, uh, before we sell him. Yeah, obviously another tricky situation with the the high potential striker, um, but he is definitely feeling the love at uh, Dortmund, and even said that he's open to a permanent move. So again, I just I would like to keep him, especially with some transition this summer through preseason, because I think that let's say the manager and him don't mesh or something along those lines, the the formation changes, whatever. I think it's a real easy plug back to Dortmund. They'll take him quickly. He knows the system and and things like that. So again, uh, I'm all about the keep option uh, leaning towards a loan on him. So uh, I don't know, guys, what do you think? That's uh, it's going to be a pretty big summer. I think that there are quite a lot of guys on part one, part two that we're looking to move out. Uh, it's going to be important for the board to, um, you know, take our advice directly and spend the money <laughs> wisely uh, as we have done such a good job of laying out the plan, Nick. Look, in terms of strategy, and we, we've had, uh, you know, another call out would be to go revisit our, our, two-part, or our two-part series with Joe Tweeds that we recorded uh, back in March about club philosophy and managerial approach and things like that. But I think we've done a really good job here of, of just laying the groundwork. I mean, all the club has to do is just listen to this podcast, <laughs> maybe give us a call and, and we'll give them our best, you know? Absolutely. I mean, this content, Mike, is free, but the real idea is that'll, that'll cost us. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think, over, I think for the most part, we're all kind of on the same 
same spot. I think we have some really tough decisions to make with players that we don't want to see go. And I think there's also some really pivotal um, decisions to make with some key players. And um, I also think we're going to see a lot of people going. I, I expect to purge this summer. So I'm, I'm kind of not looking forward to it, but we'll see how it looks, you know, August. Are you talking about the movie franchise, say, The Purge? That's like, is what's that about what's going to happen with Chelsea? It may be close to that. I mean, you know, we're, we're looking at a lot of potential departures. There's going to be a lot of blood. Oh, my God. I just, I just imagine Conte taking the team to Rome and putting them in the uh, – the uh, the Coliseum and saying, "All right, give me my starting eleven. Who's left? <laughs> yeah, are you not entertained? <laughs> Didn't we already do that in Rome this year? And that was not pretty. Uh, oh, all right. Well, oh, anyways, man. let's go ahead wow. and not let Mike end us on that note. But uh, <laughs> let us know what you guys think on all these players. You know, it's another big season uh, for Chelsea to make some transfers. We have to get back into the top four and as a top European team this summer. And it's a big ask. But, you know, Chelsea are a big club with high expectations. And the fans are aligned on those expectations of nothing but trophies in the best. So let us know what you think if our recommendations were great or crap and what you think the board will do. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. If you don't want the conversation to stop, make sure to follow the London is Blue podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to support the pod, you can leave a five-star review in iTunes or donate on Patreon.com. The London is Blue podcast. Presented by WorldSoccerShop.com.